0: Thank you for taking time to listen to our service. We're happy you've joined us today. Visit NBCOcala.com to find out more about who we are as a ministry or get information about upcoming events. There you can also discover all the convenient ways to partner with us financially. Thanks again for joining us. Enjoy the service. Help me welcome our online campus. God bless you guys. So glad you're with us. Peace to your house. You may be seated. You may be seated. Well, we're going to finish up this series today called Bless Up. We're we're, um, talking about how to have a life that is blessed. Next week is Palm Sunday. Do not miss it. And uh, we're going to kind of explore some things historically of what happened during um, that holy week. Some notable things. But my whole focus next week is to equip you, to give you a concise capsule, so to speak, of what is the gospel. Because I think if we did a man on the street interview, what is the gospel, what is the gospel, we'd get a whole bunch of different answers. And it is important that we know... And that we celebrate and we're able to share what is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we'll be sharing that. And then that next weekend is um, Easter weekend, the six services. Make sure that you're planning on coming to at least one of those and bring some folks with you. This is the easiest invite you will give. People will respond to this. Pray ahead of time. God will show you. And uh, just be be believing because this is the thing. People need the Lord. I'm going to say it again. People need the Lord. You know how hard life is with the Lord. Think of it. If you don't have hopeless, helpless, and so forth, and and Jesus wants to show Himself strong and share His love, and so um, let's let's slide up into Easter with a lot of prayer, a lot of faith, a lot of expectancy. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, let's dive in today. We're going to uh, finish this series. Bless up. And uh, we're looking at some keys to help invite blessing into our life. And at the same time, we're learning some ways that we might have been blocking some blessing in our life. I think we need to start right here, though, and understand that God is the source of all blessing. Can I get a good amen on that today? God is the source of all blessing. That's where it all comes from. And so we honor him in that way. And uh, my definition, kind of my bottom line definition of to be blessed is... To be helped by God. Helped by God. Go ahead and say that with me. Helped by God. How many of you with that definition then would like your finances to be blessed? What about your body to be blessed? Your relationships to be blessed? Helped by God. And um, the goal then, or, or the reality that you you could live in is not just that you have some blessings in your life, God just helping you here and there, but that you would have a life that is blessed, a life that is helped. By God, and then and don't forget, we have a goal and a responsibility to be happy, stable, fruitful, blessed, so we can be a blessing and ultimately bring glory to God. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, let's go back to this little de- definition here of blessed. Is do you remember my definition? Blessed is what I hear it. Come on, helped helped by God. Think about this. Helped by God. That is totally what prayer is about totally what prayer is about. So today, I want to share with you some aspects of prayer. Go ahead and say, say prayer this morning. Prayer. Let me give you a couple of um, <clears throat> thoughts on prayer. First of all, your future is paved in prayer. Your future is paved in prayer, or the lack thereof. What do I mean by that? I, you have this road of life that you, that you travel, and by prayer, you get out ahead of yourself and get the blessing and the help of God. And I've been there, you've been there, where you're going along on the road of life and there's potholes and it's not finished right. And there's barricades up, construction holding you up, so to speak. And really what it is, is I've not been out there in prayer. So there's two kinds of prayer. Essentially, you have proactive and reactive. I think I thank God that he'll answer for both. Because sometimes the best prayer you can pray is help. You know? And that's reactive, but proactive, proactive. Get out ahead, stay out ahead. How many of you know that prevention is better than treatment? And so get out ahead, stay out ahead. Your future is paved in prayer. And so we must put out the energy for that. Remember also that Jesus went from place of prayer to place a prayer, to place a prayer with miracles in between. Jesus understood the need to be ahead of things in prayer. I believe our life will, can take on the same kind of thing. Not that you and I necessarily would be m- ministering miracles on the level of Jesus, but from place of prayer to place of prayer, I believe that we can see God help us and bless us in the in-between spots. Can I get an amen on that today? All right. Now, Prayer connects us with God. It connects us with his help, with his power. And prayer invades the impossible. And Jesus said in in the Gospel of Luke, he said, what is impossible with man is possible with God. My desk, my study at home, when I push away from my desk and turn this way in my chair to get up and walk out, right there I have Luke 18.37. What is Jesus said, what is impossible with men is possible with God. Let me just ask you, do you have something maybe on your palate right now that kind of looks a little impossible or at least difficult? I'm going to tell you what, it is possible with God. Oh, I'm going to tell you again, it is possible with God. And there's nothing too hard for God, nothing too difficult for God. Come on, give that a good amen right there. So, all of that put together, prayer totally tied with help from God, helped by God. Prayer goes up and blessings, no, blessings show up. (laughs) Now, of course it comes down because he's the source. Every good gift, every perfect gift comes down from our Father above. He's the source of all blessing. But how many of you know he works through lives? We just got through saying, too, we're blessed to, to be a blessing. Blessings come through relationship and so forth. So prayers go up. And the blessings show up, helped by God everywhere. Let's go ahead and look here in First uh, Timothy chapter 2. The apostle Paul writes to the churches, he says, First of all, first of all then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings now notice this, these are different aspects of prayer, different types of prayer. For example, intercessions as you're praying on behalf of somebody else. Supplications, these are petitions. Prayer, this, this New Testament Greek word is a strong, earnest prayer. And then, of course, always thanksgiving must accompany prayer. I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people. For kings and all who are in high positions. How many of you would think that right now politically in our country there is a prayer deficit? Amen. There is. Because, listen, this is that we would pray for all that are in, in, in authority. Pray for them. And we've, we've got a, a Washington, D.C. and other, other capitals throughout our, our, our states that are stuck. They are clogged. They are broken. Amen. And what do we do? We watch. We watch on 24-hour news and social media and everybody chiming in on whatever and that doesn't change one single thing. Amen. And instead we need to be praying. Well, I didn't vote for so and so or so and so. It does not matter who you voted for. It matters who is in office that scripture calls us be praying for them. Amen. Amen. And some need more prayer than others. Yeah. And pray for kings and all who are in high positions. And it's a little bit selfish so that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. That sounds like a blessing. Go ahead to the next verse. This is good and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Amen. So what I want to share with you today is seven ways, seven aspects Seven dynamics of, of prayer. That's not three sevens, like 21 things. I'm not going to share 21 things. It's just like seven dynamics or aspects of prayer that I want to share with you today. The first one would be right here. Pray. Come on, everybody say it. Pray. Pray. And, and look at me. Yes. You. Pray. Pray. Actually, I actually had a guy tell me a couple months ago, he said, no, I don't, I don't pray. pray. I don't pray. Prayer is for uh, pastors and old ladies. And I said, well, then I pray. You always have a pastor and some old ladies around you. (laughs) Well, that is so not true. And and people don't feel like that they can pray. Yes, you can pray. It is a very user-friendly system. And the best way to learn to pray is just pray. One of the best ways to learn to cook or ride a horse or whatever is, is just do it, okay? And so one of the best ways to learn to pray, God is not this uptight, hard-nosed, whatever. God will work with you in prayer. You just need to go to God and pray. Everybody say pray again. The Book of James says you do not have because you do not ask. And I would just suspect there's so many gaps things in your life you you don't have what you need and I'm talking about grace or wisdom or provision or whatever it would be and you need to ask you need to ask and then in Matthew 21 verse 22 it says and whatever things you ask in prayer believing you will receive you'll receive what help from God and that is a blessing pray watch what God will do second one is going to be this pray for first was pray now pray for. Now let me just tell you, I'm going to kind of zip through some of these because the last one's going to need a little special attention today so that we can walk away with some real clarity on something today. So pray and then pray for. Come on, say pray for. Pray for. Look in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. The apostle Paul writes, be anxious for nothing. Don't worry about anything. But how many of you know that we worry? We worry. What do we do instead? Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, in everything, things you're worrying about and all the other things, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. There again, you see some aspects of prayer. Let your requests be made known to God. Look, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus So I want to give you real quick, you know, the first thing we typically will pray about, or if I walked up to you and said, is there anything I can pray about for you? Most likely the first thing any of us would offer up uh, to pray about or have somebody pray about is something we're worried about, something that's weighing on us. So I want to give you a little prescription for worry real quick, okay? I I want you, and I want to word this just right here, pray about it as much as you think about it. Watch this. Pray about it as much as you think about it, and before long, you're not going to need to think about it near as much. Okay? So pray about it as much as you think about it. You know how it goes. You have that one thought, you're worrying about it, and that same thought recycles. Have Have you spent part of the night doing that? Come on, this means yes. You spent part of the night before that same aggravating thing worry just recycling recycling you need to break that ugly cycle and what you do is make your requests made known to God so pray about it as much as you think about it and little by little more and more you're going to think about it less and less because God will be helping you on that amen now what do we pray about we pray our requests, our needs, our worries, our concerns. Pray for yourself. Uh, pray for your family. Pray for your needs. Pray for your dreams. Go ahead and pray those things. But let me ask you, if God answered the prayers you've been praying, would it change anyone else's world but your own? So yes, we're to pray for ourselves, but we're also to pray for Others. You know, and when you're at the grocery store, the gas station, wherever, and you see people, and it kind of hurts your heart, you see people going through things, you see things going on in people's lives, tragedy that happens, we see in the news. Don't just walk around with the attitude, wow, stinks to be them. You know, instead, we should, we should pray. Realize God may be laying that on your heart as a, as a prayer assignment so that you could take that up and pray. Pray for others. Pray for, pray for those that are away from God. Pray for those that are lost. Pray for the persecuted church. Did you know there are Christians, our brothers, our sisters, all parts of the world that are heavily persecuted, even being martyred, and the news is not covering it like, it like it's really happened. It's a horrible thing. And I tell you what, if it were me, I would want to know that my brothers and sisters somewhere across the world are praying for me. Amen? For grace, for protection, and, and, and so forth. Pray for the peace of Israel, of Jerusalem. Pray for those that are in authority. Pray for church. Don't let your only prayer at church be, well, I hope I can get a good parking spot and get first in line in the cafe. Jesus, help me. No, don't, don't let that be. You need, to, you need to show up, prayed up, and as we all come together expecting, boy, it's going to be something else. Pray for Easter. Let's pray for these services like I just, just shared with you. People need Jesus in their life. And the whole world is telling them Jesus is not this and not that. And I'm telling you what, Jesus is. And one day everybody will see, every eye will see, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. Whew. Got one other for you. Pray for your pastor. Pray for my family. Serious. Somebody told me a few weeks ago, you make this look easy. And I said, it's an act. <laughs> Sometimes we're chiseling through solid rock. Sometimes it's like, what is this acid rain on our soul? It's the resistance of the enemy. But this is what I've learned. Greater is he that is in me than he who is after me. <laughs> Amen. And, and he always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. I've learned that one. I know the path. I know God will always see it through. But, but pray for your pastor. Pray, pray for his family. And pray against the work of the enemy. Pray against darkness. Don't just let things happen in the world and go, wow, the whole world's going down the drain. Pray. Pray. Don't let the enemy just have his way. Don't just be a spectator on our watch. God knew when we would be alive. He knew what would be going on in the earth. The Holy Spirit is still here to help us prayer still works I said prayer still works it's amazing what can be held back by prayer I I read this in one of my devotionals this week and I'd heard a few years ago I do not know if it's true story but it sure is a good story there's this church and in the neighborhood right by the church was a strip club so the pastor said we we need to pray about this and so he got the church together and they prayed one night and they just prayed about a week later lightning hit the strip club and it just burned down to the ground well, the strip club owner got word that the church had prayed, so he sued the church, <laughs> took him to court, stood before the judge, and the judge says, yeah, what's your, what's your complaint? And he says, these people prayed, and now I lost my business. He had the pastor come forward and hear his part, and he goes, well, we prayed, but I, I don't know if we had anything at all to do with this. And the pastor said, hold on a second. Let me sort this out. I've got a strip club owner who believes in the power of prayer and i got a pastor who's not real sure. We're sure. We're sure in the power of prayer. Amen. Pray. Pray for. You ready? Prayed for. Prayed for. Let me ask you this. Do you have people in your life that are praying for you? And I'm not just talking about a prayer partner. We need a prayer posse. Okay. Do you have people that are praying for you? You need to make sure that you have someone in your life, someone's in your life that are praying for you. And and if you have no one, let me give you a great starting place. After every service, everybody say that. After every service, right up front, right across the front, we'll have a prayer team that is always here. And they're always ready after every service. You come up and they are glad to pray for you. And you say, well, people are going out. It's like going against the stream. Be a salmon. Go upstream. Come get prayed for. All right? But do you have people in your life that are praying for you? When I was a, a little guy, we, you know, our family was not Christian. We were not in church. My mom would send us to church sometimes. But it was very nominal what was going on. To my knowledge, the only, uh, I, no one ever prayed for me in my Presence except one person, I'll tell you about her in just a moment, until I was about 12 years old when, when our family did get in church and we all got, got born again. It was my grandma Gilligan. And she, she lived up in Ohio. She lived to be in her mid-80s. She never drove a vehicle. Um, she lived in Trumbull County, Ohio her whole life, only got out of there about a year or so before she finally passed. She just never went anywhere. But I'm telling you what, she cooked, she, she gardened, she did all that stuff, but she prayed. She prayed, and she used to send us letters, and I was always, always excited to get a letter from Grandma, and it was always addressed to Master Timmy Gilligan. Yeah. And you'd open it up, and Grandma would always send a dollar. Yeah. And then I'd read her letter. My mom would have us read it out loud for my brother and sister and for her. We'd read it out loud. And we always had to write back to grandma. But she always ended I remember this. I'd give anything to have one of those letters. But she says, And I am praying for you, Timmy, every day. And Alicia and I have kind of recounted, and there have been a lot of results of my grandma, who's now in heaven, of, of, of her prayers. Listen, there are six or seven of her, of her children and grandchildren and great-grands that are in full-time ministry. Plus, there's a whole lot of blessing and stuff happening all down that family line. I'll tell you what, it's connected. It's connected. Amen. So who's praying for you? You need to request some people. You need to recruit some people. You need to give out some candy bars or something, you know, and, and get... So who's praying for you? Let's look here real quick in Exodus, Exodus 18, 19. The Lord is speaking to Moses. He said, listen now to my voice. I will give you counsel and God will be with you. Stand before God for the people so that you may bring the difficulties to God. So as a leader, God said, you, you talk to me. Bring the people before me. Look with me in, in Acts chapter 6. But we will give ourselves. These were the leaders. Okay? These were the pastors and leaders. We will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. There's most of my job description right there is to give myself to prayer and to the ministry of the, of the word. So who's praying for you? Let me tell you at least one guy who's praying for you. I'm praying for you. And I'm not praying a little prayer, a little capsule prayer once or twice a week. And Lord, bless all those people at church. They seem so nice. Just bless them. I'm not praying that. You know what this is right here? This is my prayer book. And if we have record of you, you are in here. And some of you, your picture's in here. And I, every day I do about 12 to 15 pages Calling names out to the Lord. I don't know everybody by face or by name, but I'm calling your name out before the Lord. Cliff, Sharon, Chris, Jana, zayd Chevy, Brian, Jane. I do it a little slower, a little more meaningful than that. And I don't just do it from the beginning. I do it from the back, too, because sometimes it stinks to be at the end of the alphabet. <laughs> So I'm going from the front and I'm going from the back and I'm calling your name out. And sometimes the Lord will have me park a little bit, camp a little bit, pray for these people. Sometimes I know what's going on and sometimes I don't know what's going on. But I want you to know that this pastor and this staff, we love you and we are praying for you and believing it is making a difference. Amen. So I'm praying for you. So you pray for, thank you, thank you. Yeah, I'll get you a candy bar. Pray, pray for, prayed for, pray with, pray with. Look in Matthew chapter 18, verse 19. Jesus is saying, it's count. Again, I say to you, what does that mean? means he said it before, exactly. Again, I say to you, that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Here's all you got to do. Here's the requirements. you got to be on earth. you got to get with at least one other person. you got to agree together on this is what we're going to pray about. And you ask, and it says, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. What an incredible, powerful promise regarding prayer. This is where you have a prayer partner. You have a prayer posse, but you also need a prayer partner. Amen. Pray, pray for, prayed for, pray with, pray free, pray free. Say that with me, pray free. free. You need to rid yourself of the things that are blocking you from praying. And some of you, ready? It might be your phone. It might be your cool stereo. It might be Netflix. It might be all kinds of things that we crowd our life with and we don't pray. And then consequently, a lot of the things that we get exposed to during those times that we should be praying, but we're doing all these other things, and I'm not saying all those other things are wrong, but you know what? Sometimes it just so crowds us out, we don't have any time, energy, or confidence to pray. Plus, there's other things that hinder us in prayer that you need to get free from. Get free from fear. Get free from strife. Get free from unforgiveness. Get free from bitterness. Get free from offense. Get free from sin. These things shut you down, and as soon as you start to get free from it, you realize, man, that was shutting me off. That was hindering me from the power of prayer. Look with me in the. In, well, first of all, First Peter tells us this as far as married couples. Anybody here married? Okay. It says, "It says dwell, uh, dwell with one another, with understanding, because if you don't." Your prayers are going to be hindered. Okay, let me talk to the guys just a minute. Ladies, check out, okay? Guys, dwell with them with understanding. Look at me, guys. We're never going to fully understand. (laughs) Okay, ladies, you can come back in now but we're to dwell with one another. We're to make an effort to try to understand where each of us are coming from because otherwise it says we forfeit out on the grace of life and we hinder our prayers. We don't need to hinder our prayers. Look with me in First Timothy chapter 2. Paul says, I desire therefore that the men, and and this is not gender specific, this is people, that people pray everywhere, watch this, lifting up holy hands without wrath, without doubt. And when I read that, I kind of get this picture here. This is one of the New Testament uh, postures of prayer is hands lifted. Do we ever do that here? Every service. I said, come on, let's lift our hands. That's where our help comes from. And what we're doing, we are praying, lifting up holy hands to the Lord. But this sticks out to me. Lifting up holy hands, watch me, watch me, without wrath and without doubting. I think wrath and doubting kind of hold us down. So if you're mad at somebody, let them go. Forgive them. Just let it be without wrath and without doubting. I don't understand everything. I'm a little confused, but I trust you. And I think when we pray before God and say, I'm letting everybody go and I'm trusting you, I'm telling you what, that's going to position you for some prayers to be answered. Amen? Amen. So pray free. Pray free. (laughs) Pray strong. Pray strong. You know, don't be praying little weak, mamby-pamby prayers. Don't get all religious and so devout. I mean, you need to kick something, bite something before you you pray and pray strong. Hebrews tells us this, Hebrews 4, 16, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help. Oh, that sounds like blessing, God helping us in time of need. Look with me in James chapter 5, verse 16. The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man or woman makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its workings. Listen, pray bold, pray strong. Have confidence in God. Have confidence in God. Have confidence in His promises, in His Spirit, in His angels. Have confidence in the strong name of Jesus. Listen, just, just know there's power in this name of Jesus. There's times, you know, seriously, there's times where I'm just feeling something under something or whatever. And, and all I'll do is just say, Jesus. Jesus, it's not a, it's not a, a magic word. It's the anointed name of Jesus that contains the power of who he is. Come on, everybody just say Jesus. 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 And when you pray, and that's, our, that's even our right, our access to pray, and everything we pray for is provided in the name of Jesus. Pray strong. Now, quickly, here's the last one. Pray both. Come on, say that. You probably have no idea what I'm talking about. All right, hold on, and now I've got to make some quick tracks here. I want to share with you an aspect of prayer that has gotten confused by tradition, by people, by a number of things, not rightly dividing the word of God. So what I want to do is give you a quick encapsulated uh, uh, summary of some things that are going to help us and lead us to a beautiful uh, help and gift that God gives us for prayer. Look with me in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. The apostle Paul writes, for if I pray in a tongue, hang with me. If I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. I don't know what I just said. What is the conclusion then? Here we go. I will pray with the spirit and I will pray with the understanding. That's what I mean by pray both. Pray both. So if I pray with or in the Spirit, of course, first of all, that would mean that the Holy Spirit helps me in prayer, that he energizes me, that he reminds me, that he guides me, that he helps me uh, to know how to pray but also to pray in or with the Spirit. Scripture proves and shows to us that it is also a gift that God would give us. It is something that he would give us to help us in prayer. It is referred to sometimes as as tongues, and hang on here, but it is a private and devotional prayer language. And I want you to see that. This is what I refer to it as, as a prayer language that is not known to, to our to our understanding, but it's something that God would, would give us. It's supernatural. And you know what? To operate in this, to have this in your life, how many of you would like to participate with something supernatural every day of your life? And, and this is a beautiful gift that God gives us. Now, hang with me on this. Whenever we hear the word tongue, sometimes it gives us a negative connotation. Look at me. It does for me. Why? Not because of God, but because of people. And because of my journey, you know, and through my journey, I've just seen things. Let me explain it this way. For every truth, there is a road. On both sides of the road, there are ditches. One ditch is the ditch of excess and abuse, going to an extreme. The other ditch is the ditch of avoiding it altogether. And what happens, sometimes people will take a beautiful Bible truth and go, not handle it right, and go to excess and abuse and drive that thing right over into the ditch. And then what happens to the next folks coming along? They see the mess in that ditch. It's confusing. I don't want to be a part of that. And what do they do? Let's get away from this. And they pull into the other ditch to avoid it altogether. Both groups miss out on the powerful, life-giving freedom and truth of staying on the word. And and, and on that path of truth. And so what we want to do is just take a second here, rightly divide this. And so understand this. Uh, Tongues, prayer language, look at me. It's not a Pentecostal thing. It's not a charismatic thing. It's not a weird thing. And when you, it's a Bible thing. Well, I've seen it be weird. Listen, don't put weird on the Holy Spirit. He's not the one being weird. And he doesn't make you weird. And sometimes we've seen people in the name of the Holy Spirit be weird. Can I just tell you? they'd be weird no matter what they did, okay? So let's, let's don't blame the Holy Spirit. Amen. Y'all with me? And so this is a beautiful Bible truth and gift for us. Quickly, don't make it what it is not, and don't avoid it because some have emphasized it wrong. You must rightly divide the Scripture or you end up in error. So here's a couple of wonderful things about our prayer language that God would give. It's private, it's devotional, it's powerful, it helps your prayer life. You can pray the perfect will of God. Why? Because the Holy Spirit, who knows the mind of God, knows the perfect will of God, is helping you in prayer. Also, the Spirit helps us to pray when we don't know what to pray. That's why I said pray both. You pray with the understanding and you pray with the Spirit. Sometimes I'm going through this prayer book and I'm praying for somebody. I'm praying for Carla. And maybe I know something about Carla that I'm praying for with my understanding or what I am praying for everybody with my understanding, but there may be something the Holy Spirit knows that I need to pray and he will help me to pray that. That's a beautiful thing. Amen. Also, the Bible says that when you pray in this way, you give thanks better than you ever could in any other way. You give thanks well. And get this one. It is deeply spiritual and it is deeply edifying. You pray with your prayer language and it builds you up on your most holy faith. What a promise and what a reality. So here's where the problem happens. You ready? When we hear tongues in the Scripture, you have to separate this out that there are two different kinds, okay? One is private. Everybody say private. The other is public. Say public. And we get confused when we bring the private public and we bring the public private or we don't separate them out at all. One is people speaking to God. That's private. The other is God speaking to people. That is, excuse me. People speaking to God, that is private. I hope I said that right. And then God speaking to people, that's public. And even with that, if we check into Scripture here, that's not the number one preferred way that God chooses to speak to people. He said, I would rather, much rather desire prophecy... And if we don't understand what prophecy is, we're going to get thrown off to. Prophecy actually is, look it up in the New Testament Greek, it is inspired teaching and preaching. This is the number one way that God wants to speak to us as as a group, inspired preaching and teaching. So let's keep going here. So one is private, the other is public. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 2, your prayer language is private. Say it again, Private. If you praise him in the private language of tongues, God understands you, but no one else does, for you are sharing intimacies just between you, come on, just between you and him. So this private language, sharing intimacies, just between you and God. This is private. This is devotional. This is intimate. Well, if a person has a prayer language, can they pray with somebody else? Look at me real quick, and this is the caution from Scripture. You can pray with somebody else in your prayer language if they have their prayer language. The Bible says you're not to do it in front of unbelievers. You're not, you're not and this is where public and private get, get confused. You're not to do it in front of unbelievers or people who are uninformed concerning this. Otherwise, you alienate them. Have you ever been in a setting where everybody spoke a different language than you and you're like, you know, I feel left out. And so it alienates them, and Scripture clearly says this too. When that happens... They'll think you're crazy, you know? And that's not what God wants. Here's what the Apostle Paul said. The Apostle Paul said, I thank my God that I I pray in tongues. I have a prayer language. I use it more than you all. He said, but in church. Everybody say in church. But in church, in public. Watch this. He said, I would rather speak five words that everybody can understand than 10,000 words in tongues. And he says, and God is not the author of confusion. He's the author of peace in the church. We've got to keep things where they belong. But this is such a powerful, wonderful way that enhances and enriches our prayer life. And it's very, very public. Now, in Luke chapter 11, I'm almost done. Luke chapter 11, Jesus is is teaching and he says this. He said, if you then, and he's talking about fathers taking good care of their children. How many of you know our heavenly father takes good care of his children? He said, if you then by comparison are evil, know how to give good gifts. Everybody say good gifts. If you know how to give good gifts, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So how do I get this? You ask him. And I believe this, since it's private, since it's personal, since it's intimate, I don't think you have to receive it in public. I think that you alone with an honest heart can go before God and say, God, if this is something, and check it out a little further in Scripture. If this is what Pastor was talking about today, I want that. Who wouldn't want this in their life? And it doesn't make you odd. It helps you in your prayer life in a beautiful, powerful, devotional, intimate way. I'm telling you, get alone with God and ask him. Read a little more on this and ask him, and he will give those good gifts. Now, real quickly, and then I'll finish up. Pray, pray for, prayed for, pray with, pray free, pray strong, pray both. And all those, you'll be blessed. You'll be helped by God. And remember, when prayers go up, blessings show up. Amen. Did y'all get anything at all out of this today? All right. Thank you, Lord. Hey, thank you for your patience and attention. As we spent just a few moments on something that's so powerful, no wonder the enemy wants us confused over that issue so we can take it out of our hands. And I'm telling you what, this is something wonderful. It's a good gift that God wants for all of us. Let's stand together, let me pray, and we'll be on our way. Father, thank you for your people. Bless them today. Surround them with your favor and your protection. I pray that your grace and your peace will be strong in their life. Let all of us respond and pray. And follow through on all of this and watch how we are helped by you. Give us a great rest of the day. We thank you so much. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Amen. And amen. God bless you. I love you. Peace. You're dismissed. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Meadowbrook Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NBC Ocala.